Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. What's up, everybody? I'm so excited to have you back here for another Sell Better Daily Show. This has got to be my favorite one so far, mainly because of our two guests. I'm so excited to have you all here. I would love to know where everyone's dialing in from. So as we intro this awesome show, feel free to put where you're at in the chat. That rhymed. I'm like Dr. Seuss this morning. Um, And if you're interested in leveling up your selling game in 2023, I know I say this every time, but I mean it every time. Sell Better is genuinely some of the best sales training in the world. Um, Go ahead and scan this QR code. Get instant access to genuinely actionable sales training, sales tips, resources. Save it for the end of the show, though. We have some more QR codes for you to scan, some more links for you to click. Um, I'm really excited to thank our partner, uh, I might be biased, but Apollo's probably the best company ever. So really happy. We're <laughs> really happy to partner with Sell Better. And today we have two of my favorite humans in the world. Fortunately, two of my coworkers as well. Uh, we have Dan and Zoe. Dan and Zoe, do you guys want to intro yourselves really quick? Go for it. Dan, you, you tee us up. <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody. Looks like I'm off mute, so already won 90% of the battle. I am just really lucky uh, I get to serve both of the other people in this panel uh, who are part of the amazing community team at Apollo. At Apollo, community is social media marketing, field marketing, evangelism, PR, customer marketing, and community, which is our relationship in these Slack groups. And uh, it's gone pretty well, so we're really excited to chat with you about it. And anytime I can be in the presence of two such legends... I feel very lucky. Oh, that's so nice. Uh, My name is Zoe Hargitzfield. As Dan mentioned, I work with Dan and Caroline. I feel very, very lucky to work with this team, to work at this company. I think uh, Apollo has been one of the most fun companies I've ever gotten to be employed by. Um, I work on the community team and I handle evangelism and executive presence, which is also part of our community efforts here, just helping our executives. Uh, share their voice online as well. And um, we're really excited to talk about community today. In particular, it's a topic near and dear to my heart. It's definitely been the the thing I've been focused on the last couple of years of my career and just uh, really excited to dive into all this. Thank you, guys. I'm so excited to have you both here. So the agenda today, we really want to talk about what community means to us, what community means um, what the difference is between a community and an event that's, you know, recurring or, or some sort of a event that you might go to often and how to know if you want or need a community. So we're going to talk about how as a salesperson or a marketer, um, communities can help you level up your personal and professional life. So we're going to talk about when to know that you need to join a community. And then Dan and I are going to chat a little bit about Dan's playbook that he's brought from Chili Piper to Apollo, you know, his his go to market playbook for communities. And we're going to talk a little bit about how communities can help you bring in company revenue, how communities can help you with your company goals. Um, So I want to dive in. Zoe, you've had some really interesting things to say about communities and what you've gotten out of a community as someone who started as an SDR, right? You you started as an SDR um, in your career. So I, I know that we probably have a lot of SDRs, BDRs, AEs on this call. I want to hear from you uh, what has community meant to you? Yeah, I mean, community has 100% changed the trajectory of my career. Before I was like a community marketer, I was a member and like participant 
in various communities. I was um, part of like a founding outbound team at a previous SaaS company. And that meant we had no training, no enablement, just five baby SDRs set off into the wilderness. And it was just like go outbound. And we didn't know anything like we didn't have scripts. I had a sales enablement tool and was just told, good luck, go book 12 cold meetings a month. And I was just like terrified, right? And I got really lucky by finding communities of people online like LinkedIn, um, seeing people like Morgan Ingram and Sarah Brazier just talking about their experience, talking about things that were working for them. And I started building relationships with people and then stumbling into like these Slack communities. It was truly how I leveled up my game. And I would credit community with basically every single uh, promotion and raise I've gotten since that point in time. I've I've leveled up so much faster because I've been able to find enablement outside of my own company. And so that's where I would like say I've gotten value from community. But as far as like a definition of like what I think community is on a really broad level, I've always thought of community as a well that we can draw from when we're empty and a place we can pour into when we are overflowing. And so wow. whether you're... <laughs> And I think of that like personally and professionally, right? It's like when I need something, community is a place that I can go to and like ask for help. And when I've got a lot to give, it's a place I can go to and pour back into. And I really like that reciprocal idea. Community is, you know, um, like a, a faucet and a drain. And it's like something you can kind of do in this sort of reciprocal motion. So I think people kind of rally around a single anthem or um, maybe it's like your title or maybe it's like a passion or maybe it's a question. Like people just sort of come together around these core ideas and that's usually where communities are formed but i think what keeps you coming back is that ability to uh give and take and i i love that and i love that we can have that in our industry that's brilliant i really like that like that visual there it's like a, it's a faucet and a drain dan what do you think is it would you define community as similar for you i think so you know i think there's so many different ways to define community right so I'm really glad, Caroline, that you started us with this question because uh, it'll it'll determine all the content to come afterwards to assure we're aligned. For me, a community is a space, either phys physical or digital, where people who aren't explicitly paid to do so will freely exchange knowledge and information with each other. Hi, Lauren. So good to see you in the chat. So I think that's really cool. And for me, uh, I find community really valuable because I find mistakes valuable. You know, making mistakes yourself is one of the best ways you can learn. And, and letting those on the teams you serve makes mista make mistakes too is really helpful. But like, you know, if you can get that knowledge without making the mistakes, maybe that's even better. So I believe that learning at the pace of experience isn't fast enough. And those who are smart with communities will supercharge their own development and career by learning from those around them, both their wins and their losses. Learning at the pace of experience isn't fast enough is a quote that you said last week on our pre-call show, pre-show call. And I it's stuck with me ever since. I've been thinking about it ever since. I really love that. So today we're going to dive into how you can be strategic and proactive in communities. Because to Dan's point, learning at the pace of experience isn't fast enough. And to Zoe's point, you really can dive into these communities and get enablement outside of your own company. Um, so Zoe, Kind of switching on back to you here, in terms of mentorship, you had some really interesting thoughts about how to leverage communities specifically to find mentors. Can you talk a little bit about this and then can you tell our audience what this quote means and how you would use it? 
you're on mute. <laughs> oh, my bad. It was bound to happen. So again, like early days in my career, while I had an incredible manager, like we just had no enablement. We had no training. We had no help. And so I realized that if I wanted to be a top performer or like even define what a top performer looked like at our company, like we didn't even have that, you know, I needed to, to Dan's point, learn faster than the pace of experience. I needed mentors. And there were none internally that could help me. So I started looking outside of my company, which honestly, I, I think is like something people should do regardless of like my need for it at that time. I think it's really valuable. Um, but yeah, I just was like, well, I got to go find mentors. There's none internally. People internally, um, you know, could maybe point me towards some. So the first thing I did was I asked my manager, hey, do you know someone who could be a good mentor for me? Um, and it was great. He introduced me to his wife. She was the sales enablement leader at another SaaS company. And so she became a mentor. But I was like, I need more. Like, I need more people. I need more information to draw from. So I went to LinkedIn and I went to the Slack communities and I wrote a message similar to this. Well, first, what I did was I wrote a post. I wrote a generalized post that was like, Dear Internet, I need a mentor and this is what I'm looking for. And like, I have nothing to give in return other than just like my like attention and uh, admiration. And like, I will do what you say and like listen to your advice, et cetera. And then people started commenting like, oh, I know this person who fits that bill or I know that person. And then I one-to-one DM'd like 10 of these people with this or some variation of this message. And I was like, hey, I am looking for a mentor. Your name came up. This is why I think like you could be a great fit for me. But I also understand that you're busy and like you have a ton of things going on. I don't have a lot of op to offer you in return, but I promise to like ask really good questions, implement your suggestions and coffee is on me. And I, I sent out a bunch of those and pretty much everybody said yes to me. And I met with all of them. And then two or three of them ended up being like really long term mentors, like people I still talk to today. Um, so I would say like whether you're doing that on LinkedIn, whether you're doing it in Slack communities where like maybe the proximity of these people is a little bit closer as opposed to just a cold DM. I would just come from a place of humility and like curiosity and say like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. And I've learned over the years. And Dan, you mentored a lot of people. So I'd be really interested to get your take on this. I used to think that that line about like, I have nothing to offer you in return was really, really true. And I, I say it still because I think it's like, I think it makes sense. But like I've learned now that I have mentored one or two people that I actually do get quite a bit out of it by mentoring somebody else. Like there's there's a lot to be gained by being a mentor. And so it's not totally true to say like a mentee has nothing to offer you in return. But I think it's a really cool relationship to build and something you should definitely like build a bench of. And I know, Dan, you have thoughts on like building like a, a bench of mentors as well. Yeah. Yeah. I have thoughts on it on everything all the time. Caroline, do you have anything to add before I kind of dive into it? Or are you primarily playing host or what do you what do you want? I I'm happy to riff if you want me to. I'm mostly interested in y'all's perspectives, but I will say, Zoe, I think that that's a really good way to be proactive in a community is to identify the people who post really insightful comments, people who share really insightful you know, things in a community and to then reach out to them and be like, hey, you know, this template, like this is why I feel like you'd be a good fit. I think that that's just another benefit of a community. But Dan, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that, like personal board of advisors idea that you had, because I think that. That's yeah, fair. well, I guess I'll preface it by saying, Zoe, I'm not sure how long the the modesty, the perhaps even false modesty is going to keep cutting it now that you're like such a pro and everything. And you've been such a pro for for such a long time. But uh, Liam, good to see you. Here's a great example. Liam's, Liam's a, I would consider him a, like a member of my personal advisory board. He might not know it, but uh, 
Basically, I'm a huge believer in the concept of a customer advisory board, that if you're building your company, the next step for your marketing, for your product, for your customer relationships, that should come from your customers. You should ask them, how should we market? What should we build? What do you need? What do you want? What should we do less of? But very few people apply this level of, level of rigor to their own lives. One of the greatest things you can do as a manager is actually encourage those on the teams you serve to seek mentorship outside of the company. Because if you do that, I believe it conveys a high degree of psychological safety onto your employees. Like straight up, there are some things you can't discuss with your boss. Not that Caroline or Zoe, like I'm, I'm here for any of the conversations, but it's like, you know, let's say someone else offers you another job that's twice as much money, right? You might want to chat with someone other than your boss first. So then maybe leverage it and give me a chance to counter y'all, okay? But for real, uh, I would recommend that everyone look across the people they have and say, like, who do I love right now as a peer? Who is the job I want in five years? Who is the job I want in three years? And then within that, how do I get a diversity of different people, gender, location, industry? Uh, and then do what Zoe said, reach out to them. I love your career. I'm obsessed with you. I want to learn from you. You have the job I want five years from now or something like that. And ultimately, um, most people will be receptive, especially if you've engaged with their LinkedIn content, right? In a thoughtful way, giving them that old Pavlovian uh, endorphins release every time they comment. But like this, this group of people will be so essential. You can find them in communities. You can find them on LinkedIn. You can find them everywhere. But like, I really recommend uh, of the things that I say, if there's one thing you could take away from me today, it's like communities are a gateway to more direct relationships with people who can help you. And if you're intentional at building that ecosystem around yourself, you're just going to have a force multiplier for your career. And I, I just want to add to that, Dan, because I think it's so, so poignant. Like, And anyone can can call me on this if I'm wrong, but my hot take is like, People who leverage communities, who build this personal advisory board, like you can see the difference in their career trajectory from people who don't. You just really can. Because to your point, Dan, like you like the pace of experience is just not fast enough for most people. And so when you're able to glean experience, to skip some of those missteps that you may have made had you not had the insight of somebody five, 10, 15 years ahead of you in your career. I mean, the benefit is they're further down the path. And they can say, hey, by the way, there's like a log, you know, a few feet in front of you. Maybe skip that part or jump over it. Like, it's so, so beneficial to have somebody a little further ahead to look back and be like, these are the pitfalls to avoid. These are the things you should do that are going to like level you up faster. And I just think you can observe. I, I know people in my life who I started as an SDR at the same time and like nothing against them, but they're not where I am in my career because they have chosen to not do those things. And so I just would suggest like, if you're thinking about this right now and you're like, I don't know, it sounds kind of nice. Like, no, I, I credit everything in my career to building a personal advisory board, to being in community, to, to really trying to learn faster than the pace of experience. It is, to Dan's point, a force multiplier in your career. Yeah, 100%. And to flip this kind of inside out too and, and touch on the other side of the coin, which is Wherever you are in your career, your insights are valuable. Your learnings are valuable. Whether you're an SDR or a CEO, what you're learning right now is valuable. And so if you're in a community, share. Like actually be active in these communities, be proactive in these communities. In a minute here, I'm going to show a few slides of some really good, thoughtful questions that were asked in the Apollo sales community. Um, we have a bunch of channels dedicated to prospecting, 
um, you know, sales help, guidance, things like that, sales tips. And I'll drop a link in here as well um, for you to join the sales community. So go ahead and click on this link, join our community on Slack. It's a really, really great community. And I'll show you too. So being proactive in a sales community can look like a bunch of different things. And Dan and Zoe will kind of get into what some of your favorite ways to be proactive in a community are. But I just want to highlight some of the posts that people have made in our community and all of the different replies that they get and the different nuggets of wisdom and insight that they get. You can talk a little bit about how to position your product if you're struggling to find your ICP. And what Dan just said, by the way, about finding a mentor outside of your company because it's kind of an unbiased approach, this person probably couldn't post this message in their internal Slack channel at their company, right? They're outsourcing for information and for perspective. Um, if you want, you know, simple context on how to handle an objection, like let's say you're enablement team internally is, you know, being as helpful as they can and trying to give you all of the different battle cards and guides that they can, but you're still coming up against the same objection, go to go to your sales community. Go to your sales tips channel in your sales community. Ask other sellers what they're doing that's working. It's always good to have perspective. Um, you can ask so many kinds of proactive questions in these communities, and it can be so beneficial for you to get the perspective of so many people. Um, inside of your industry, outside of your industry, et cetera. So we can keep talking about some specific examples, but Dan, what do you what do you think? Like what would your advice be to an SDR AE joining a sales community? How would you recommend that they be proactive in asking for support aside from the mentorship piece that we touched on? Yeah, well, when I think about communities and everything, because I just I overthink about everything, um, I think about a lot about the concept of emotional uh, deposits and withdrawals. There's this concept called an emotional bank. And basically, uh, the way to think about it is like you can use it to manage your relationships or in some case, your reputation across communities. And it's like, am I providing more deposits than withdrawals? Uh, and this is a great way to think about your community, right? Because firstly, you have to define what is a withdrawal and what is a deposit? I would say that a withdrawal would be something that's not necessarily in the best interest of the community, but it's in the best interest of you. Hey, buy my software. That's a withdrawal. Someone asks a question, you're like, the answer is my software. That's also withdrawal. That's not like people don't see that and they're like, wow, this thought leadership is epic right now. Really? Buy my software? But what they would consider a deposit would be things like, uh, you know, being uh, emotionally vulnerable and uh, and sharing with folks, like uh, answering really good questions, even asking really good questions that others will provide value, will, will get value from, and then providing enough context for those questions that makes it easy for people to answer things. So I would think that like, you know, the first step to engaging in community is just to realize you are worthy. Like, you already made the decision to join the community. So you're already ahead of 90% of your peers, right? And then from there, like, what is the unique value that you provide? Is it your experience? Is it your inquisitiveness? Is it your desire to try to, to add different things, to research when someone asks a question and then answer it? But essentially, like, the first step is thinking about the concept of emotional deposits and withdrawals and your brand within these communities, right? Because, like, you can make your entire brand in communities. Let's take an example. A long time ago, I was the general manager of this community called Modern Sales Pros. We scaled it from 1,000 to 14,000 members while I was there. 
And I brought in sponsorship revenue, about $2 million, which we fed back into the community to do better events and things like that. There was a guy in this community, Richard Harris. Maybe you've heard of him before. But actually, I would put forth that before his engagement in modern sales pros, his brand wasn't nearly close to as large. And he used that community to basically launch to like ultra influencer stardom. It would look something like this. Someone would ask a question, hey, how do I optimize my email reply rates given this segment? Richard would answer the same time every way. Uh, he's like, great question. Here's the questions you need to consider when answering this question. If X is true, then Y is true. I'll put his uh, LinkedIn in the chat, Vanessa, in a second. But I would say that like, you don't have to be the world's greatest expert on anything to be one of the best participants in a community. You can just be really helpful. That'll help you grow your brand. That'll help people want to reach out to you. That'll help you find mentors, It'll help you find your next job. It'll help you learn faster than everyone around you. Like think about everyone around you and then think about yourself. How can you be 1% better than them in one way? How can you be 1% better than them in 10 ways? Like how can you learn 1% more than everyone else in the community? Okay, now join five communities. Now, all of a sudden, you're learning faster than everyone around you. You're growing your brand faster than everyone around you. You're building connections faster than everyone around you. Um, so, yeah, uh, just get in there and provide value. And I, I want to add something, Dan, just to like make it even a little bit more granular about the withdrawals and deposits. There is actually a scientific ratio uh, that's been studied. I will try and find the research itself and drop it in here if I can in between the thoughts and things. But um, it's actually three to one. Like there's there's an idea that like deposit, deposit, deposit withdrawal is sort of like the right way when you're talking about like emotional deposits and withdrawals with people. Um, so that's something to think about. However, Alex Hormozy uh, recently did a talk and it was like really poignant where he said, the longer you can delay the withdrawal, in theory, the bigger the ask is. So as much as there is that three to one ratio, what if you were just like providing value for a month? before you made an ask? What if you were providing value for a quarter? And to Dan's point, like value looks different. It's vulnerability, it's answering questions, it's asking questions, it's just being an active participant where you feel like you are giving something back. Uh, and so something I would note is like, I have done this in my, like this is about prospecting as well. This, this whole conversation is about prospecting and pipeline. And when I think about emotional deposits and withdrawals as it pertains to community, I have done this in the way that like once or twice a year, I will shamelessly ask for demos on my LinkedIn. And it usually turns into like anywhere between 15 and 30 demo requests uh, from my community. And it's because I spend the six months prior to that just like dumping in value as much as I can and being helpful. I'm not really thinking about the ways that my community can help me. And because of that, I get like a pretty good response when I do make an ask that is sort of like shameless and about pipeline. So when we're thinking about like community and providing value, we provide value to be helpful. We provide value to grow. We provide value to be connected and be part of community. But there is a benefit that the longer you can do that without making an ask, the bigger the ask can be when you do make it. So just something to keep in mind. That's such a good point. And it really relates perfectly back to, Zoe, your point about communities being a faucet and a drain. I really love the idea of emotional deposits. And I think that networking is a system of depositing and withdrawing, right? I mean, that's that's essentially what you're doing. <laughs> that's just... This is not really a situation where, you know, it's high school and you got to be friends with everyone or, you know, you're in college and you're looking to make lifelong friends. Like when you're networking, you're looking to make friendships, sure, and genuine, connect genuine connections, but you're looking for those connections to be fruitful at some point. 
and you're looking to add value to those connections in a professional sense. Um, I think that's awesome. Dan, I want to uh, make sure that we touch. I know we have a couple questions and I want to get to those questions. And if anyone has questions throughout this show, either drop them in the chat or the Q&A box and we'll make sure to address them. Um, Dan, did you have any thoughts about that that you wanted to follow up on? Yeah. Um, there was this post. I'm not sure who in the audience saw it a while back, but it was pretty viral couple weeks ago and it was like i'm so tired of apollo paying everyone 400 dollars to post about them and i it was on linkedin i got kind of offended because we don't pay anyone per post um like we enter partnerships around collaborations around what's important to the partner but what i thought was interesting is seeing all these people chime in it's not that we haven't done anything to earn their loyalty and trust nor that we've entered it from a super transactional, I'll make X deposits for Y withdrawals. Like the best partnerships and the best advocates come because you've genuinely tried to invite them into their community. Let's take an example of someone in the audience right now, Lauren Sermon, right? One of my first days at Apollo, I noticed that she was a big Apollo fan and not a huge fan of one of our biggest competitors who I actually have a tremendous amount of respect for, a company called Zoom Info. And when Lauren, I noticed that she was really advocating for us, I didn't reach out to her and say, hey, post 10 more times about this other company or whatever. I reached out to her and we developed a real friendship, one that has emotional components, one that has uh, us giving each other advice, being vulnerable with each other. And I don't do that from a like, let me make three withdrawals to a deposit. But I do in the back of my head have this ticker that's like, am I really giving to those around me? Now, it's like Lauren is one of the most amazing advocates ever for Apollo. And I would put forth that that concept of just trying to be kind, just trying to support those around you on wherever they want to be supported, that ultimately is much more powerful than a paid relationship because a paid relationship is a transactional one-off relationship. Truly building a community is a renewable resource where you pay your rent in kindness and support and in return, you get whatever the person wants to give and you meet them where they want to give and just let them be themselves. And like that is so powerful. Um, so, so yeah, build a community around yourself with nothing, expect nothing in return. And then, and then you'll, you'll find, um, I don't know, let's work for Apollo. We're blowing up. Lauren has probably made 30 comments on random posts about how she likes Apollo and maybe a couple directed posts. We never asked her to make any of those. We never paid her for any of those. Kindness is key. Yeah. Lauren, you're awesome. Lauren, you're amazing. And Dan, I think that that's a perfect segue into talking a little bit about the community playbook that you have so successfully brought to so many different companies and ventures that you've been on. Um, I know that some people in this audience showed up to this call to learn a little bit about how to build a community, whether you need to build a community um, at every company that you're at and what it really means to, to build a playbook for community building. So maybe if you want to touch briefly on what that playbook is for you um, and how you've been so successful at building large-scale communities everywhere. Uh, all right. I did the mute thing, right? <laughs> I'm just, I'm really good at knowing when to go on and off mute. And that's my secret. I'm just kidding. Caroline, I'd put it right back at you. Like mm -hmm. kindness and caring for those around you. I've always felt like that's been one of my secrets as a manager because I never have to pretend to get excited when you do incredible things, Caroline, like create these cab leads within it, or Zoe, you do incredible things. Like 
elevate and partner with our CRO so she can speak her authentic self on LinkedIn. Some fun fact, I met both of the other people in this room in a community. So when you're like, oh, like, I don't know what I'm giving to this person more senior than me. Like, firstly, I've always gotten amazing advice from both of you. And it gives me an opportunity to make those deposits to support you throughout your career when we're not working together. Hey, I think you're not getting paid enough. Hey, I know other roles that are the same that are different. Hey, that boss, like, I don't know, man, like, do you like when you provide value to people, you can build trust with them in a real and authentic way. In terms of how to kind of build this community playbook, I can share my screen real quick. Um, it's like when you think about your traditional marketing funnel, you have maybe like five distribution points. You got your company page on LinkedIn. You got maybe your CEO post. Maybe you have one active AE. You got ads. You got a blog. That's five. Let's say you double it. Let's say you have 10. How do you go from 10 distribution points to 100 distribution points to 1,000 distribution points? So what I think this image indicates really well is like you are not the only person telling your story. When you bring about community marketing, you enable other people to be part of that story, to create that story in a real and authentic way. And what this means is that you can leverage them across your assets, your website, your social page, your employee content. And you also can tap into their audiences, their podcast, their newsletter, their LinkedIn following, things like that. So for me, a lot of marketing has about been, been building this mechanism to amplify everything. And then Carolina would push back that it's my playbook. I've been very lucky to work with a couple of people who who joined me from Chili Piper, Medulli and Taylor, and be influenced by so many other brilliant people, have such incredible partners in marketing here. And honestly, I straight up think that the community team at Apollo is the best and I'm just so lucky to support you too. So like oftentimes the key to community is to hire people who understand community and then just try and be a good boss by really listening to them and making sure they take PTO and the rest will kind of follow. It'll flow, especially if you hire people who are givers and then you hire people who are givers. And then your job as a manager becomes like actually like rather than being like employees, do more, do all this stuff to be like, hey, Maybe do less, maybe focus on the things that bring you passion, because when you hire the right people, um, basically, as long as they're still excited, like it's pretty hard to lose if you have the right product, you're in the right place. And that's how I feel about working with this team, because y'all yeah. are incredible. I love that. I think that that's brilliant. I think that like community is something that from the perspective of, you know, building a community and actually creating one for your company um, you know, Dan, to your point, how can you meet people where they are? How can you provide value to people? How can you give, 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 give? And then you'll naturally get that advocacy. Um, you'll naturally make friends like Lauren and like so many other people in this audience. Um, but when it comes to actually knowing when you should join a community, I think, Zoe, I would love to hear a little bit more about your perspective on what kinds of communities you can join, maybe even share which communities you would recommend joining in addition to the Apollo sales community, which I dropped a link to in the chat. Because um, I think we have a lot of SDRs and AEs on this call, and I want to give them some kind of tactical resources um, on what to join, where to join. So here are my thoughts as a seller on where to join. I think there's three different things you need to think about in terms of community. Where are my peers? Where are my prospects? Where are my potential mentors? And I want to be in all of those places. So my peers, I want to join, if I'm an SDR, I want to join a community where, 
the SDRs are and the sellers. I also maybe want to join a community where like the next step for me is, right? Like if I'm an SDR and I want to go be an AE, maybe I join a, a closer community or something like that. If I'm an SDR and I want to go into marketing, maybe I'm in one marketing community. You always want to be thinking about like that next step as well. So where you're at now, your peers, where you want to be in the next, you know, 6, 12, 18 months. Um, those are the communities I would be thinking about as well as where are my potential mentors. Sometimes those are the same place. Like women in sales is a community that I'm a part of. There are lots of peers. There are lots of mentors. There are a lot of people who aren't even in sales. There are marketers in there, you know? And so I think that there's like a lot of variety. I also think about communities that promote diversity. That's something that's really important to me. Um, and I know everybody on this call, uh, you know, I don't want to live in an echo chamber. I don't want to hear myself. I don't want to hang out with me all day. I'm the worst. I want to go hang out with people who are better than me and different from me and offering a different perspective. So I just like think about those things. And then, yeah, as far as communities that I've loved uh, or have been a part of, uh, it doesn't exist anymore. But Thursday Night Sales was really impactful in my career when it existed. Both of those founders have gone off and started new communities. GTM United um, and Better Together. Those are more specific to, you know, like go to market people and uh, job seekers. So not as applicable to me today, but I would say um, the Apollo community must, must join. Uh, Modern Sales Pros is phenomenal. Sales Assembly is like sort of a community, sort of like another kind of businessy program, but I love the people over there. I've gotten a ton of value out of women in sales. Uh, I really love and respect sisters in sales. Uh, and yeah, there's there's a bunch. Like if I'm a seller, I would just look for the sales communities. And then also, this is something that I did as a seller that was incredibly valuable for me when it comes to learning how to speak like your prospects. And also, I mean, I've, I've gotten a lot of pipeline. There's like a really cool community alley-oop play uh, that I've been able to run as a seller, as a business development rep and as a marketer. But like go to where your prospects are. When I was selling to RevOps, I hung out in RevOps co-op, Wizard of Ops. Like I just like hung out in those communities. I have no idea how I snuck into them. Uh, but just it was so valuable for me to hear the conversations that my prospects were having, to hear the, the pain points. And now I want to be really careful when I say this. I was not going in and pitching these people. That's not what the value of that community was to me. It was learning to speak their language and just like gleaning that information, hearing what the thought leaders in my ICP and my personas were talking about so that I could then... Uh, like speak to the topics that were most top of mind to them. It helped me write better copy. It helped me find mentors who were my persona so that I could sell to them better. Um, so building those relationships is really, really valuable as well. Mm, I want to double click on something you said, like if you are an SDR, but you want to be a sales leader, or if you are an SDR, but you want to be a marketer, join communities with marketers, join communities with sales leaders, like start to really manifest and be proactive about what you want out of your career in these communities by surrounding yourself by the types of people that you want to be in three years. Um, I think that's fantastic advice. Yeah. And I would add, don't be afraid because there's a bunch of different ways to communicate value and knowledge. Here's a great example. When I joined Modern Sales Pros, we did these events where it'd be like six to eight leaders at a table. They would talk about a topic. They'd all be united by title and size. So it'd be like a group of 10 senior directors of revenue operations. And this was my first tech job. Like I had no idea how to engage with these people. They were so much more knowledgeable than me. So what I did is I sat and listened. And then eventually I was like, wait, what if we did the same topic in six different cities? So I would sit and listen for the first two cities. And then the remaining four cities, someone would say a point and I'd be like, that's a great point. But check out what this SVP of revenue ops said the other day to counter that point. 
<laughs> and in neither case am I saying this is my knowledge, but what I am doing is I'm helping those around me and sharing and learning. So it's like if you find a community, it doesn't always have to be your knowledge. You can you can validate someone else's point. It's almost like the think about it almost like scientific theory, right? Where it's like, what is the new thing that you add, right? If you were to get a patent or something, like what is the new value you add? That's one component of it. But also like, what's the value that's new to the thread? Because it doesn't have to be new. It just has to be new to the audience that sees it. So just make sure you're not plagiarizing, plagiarizing other people's work, but like, don't be afraid to join these communities. A couple other communities that I would shout out that are really powerful, uh, the marketingoperations.com. That's a really straight mops, uh, really awesome mops community. WizOps, really powerful Salesforce community. Uh, Partner Hackers, a great community out there. Gain, Grow, Retain is amazing for CS. And uh, there are a bunch of other ones out there too. Uh, yeah. But community doesn't even have to be a Slack group. It could be your LinkedIn community. It could be your audience. Uh, could be a bunch of things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that there are so many different ways to define community. There are so many ways that communities can be beneficial to you. I think back to when I was an SDR, if I had had the Apollo sales community when I was an SDR, I would have been a killer. Like I would have been so much more successful. I would have been able to bounce ideas off of really intelligent people. I would have been able to learn so much outside of the context of just my small SDR team. Um, so in the last few minutes that we have, I want to address some questions. So we have a few questions here. I want to start with Adrian's question. When it comes to the deposits versus withdrawals idea, what's the best way to identify what deposits or gives will have the largest impact on your community? I love that question. Zoe, do you want to think through that first? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I've never really thought about it in that sense, because again, like, as much as I, I like understanding the science of like, there's a ratio and like, you can do this. I've never personally kept track. So my thought is like, give from a place of abundance and abundance will follow. Right. So I just like give as long as I can. And I, I hold off on making an ask as long as I can. And I, I really do enter into community with the idea of like, how can I help others? And can I serve others? And it just sort of works out for me that like when I do have an ask and I sometimes get like nervous to make an ask, it's always met with like grace and excitement and people being like, yes, let me help you. So I don't have like a perfect answer to that question because I think I think about it differently. I just think like, how can I show up and give value and give value and give value for as long as I can? And then when an ask does come up, it's like, all right, I feel like I feel like now is the time. Um, but Dan, maybe you have like a more calculated answer to that. I actually don't. I don't keep track of it either. It's kind of a vibe thing. And then the it's other vibe. Thing, you can always just ask, right? Like, yeah. hey, I feel like you've done so much for me. How can I help you? And this is one of the fundamental things across marketing, across life, across relationships, across everything. Like asking. So many people are so afraid to ask, how do you define value, right? Mm -hmm. And this is how I start off all of the conversations we have with influencers or things like that. They're like, what do you want? Do you want me to, you want to pay me $400 for a post? I'm like, no, like I want to know what your business priorities are and how you define value. And then I want to find something at the intersection of that value and what's valuable to Apollo. Like that's how you go about doing it. And no, I don't keep track of it on a super granular level, um, but 
if I'm ever uncertain, maybe there are too many deposits versus withdrawals. I'll ask someone like, hey, you've been so supportive recently. Like, how can I help you? Just really simple things like that. And you don't need like a lot of the best relationships I've built at Apollo are actually with like SDRs and BDRs that I've met through this community. What do they get from me? Hopefully some mentorship. Sometimes I'm a reference. Sometimes I help them find their next job or whatever. Like what, what do I get from them? Everything. I get incredible advice. I get people who uplift our voice on social. I get people who share with each other, providing other benefits to, to other people. So it's like the people who want to engage with your community are out there. You got to just find them and then ask them like how they want this to go down and then support them there. The one last thing is art. Basically, I know this isn't the uh, the uh, session we expected because we're talking about a lot of marketing stuff, right? Oh, the marketing, marketers. But um, I think that it's not like the path to revenue isn't always as clear. It's not like the path to exceeding quota more is necessarily doing more quota generating activities. Sometimes the path to quota, the path to revenue comes through introspection. Sometimes the path to quota can be taking a 20-minute walk in the middle of a phone cycle so that you feel confident and comfortable uh, keeping on calling, right? So I would say that the path to revenue and getting better at prospecting lies through your own professional development and the path to your own professional development lies in in the in the space of learning from those around you. Mm, I totally agree. And I feel like this isn't even a roundabout way about talking about how to get better at prospecting. We're giving you guys really tactical areas, uh, really tactical resources and advice to level up your game as a seller, but also as a human. I think that that's like the most important part. Um, awesome. And Dan, to your point too, like, you know, Adrian, to kind of finish answering that, you know, from my perspective, that's why a feedback loop is so important within a community. That's why it's so important to continually check in with people and have ways to gather feedback on the programs that you're running, on the value that you're providing or the perceived value right? Because you want to make sure it is actually valuable to your community members. Um, so I know we only have a few minutes. I wanted to make sure to uh, get everyone's LinkedIn on the call here. So Dan and Zoe, if you want to drop your LinkedIn's in the chat so folks can go connect with you, that would be awesome. Um, and if you found this valuable, we would really appreciate it if you would show up to the next daily show. Um, you know, they're daily. They're awesome. They're fantastic shows, jam-packed with value. So you can connect with the Sell Better team here on all of these different social media platforms. And I wanted to make sure that we drop the daily drop uh, of value in the chat. So along the Apollo theme, the daily value drop is going to be to try our tool for free. You can try the free Chrome extension. Um, it's a fantastic tool. If you are a seller, it's going to be in the chat here. So go ahead and click on that link. And yeah, we're really excited. I'm really thankful that y'all hopped on. Thank you, Zoe. Thank you, Dan. This has been a really fantastic show. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And knowing me, I can't help but ramble. I want to leave you with one last thing. Mm. You never know who you're chatting with, who they are now or who they'll be in a few years. So give to those around you as freely as you can. Show respect to everyone always. Someday you might hire them. Someday you might work for them. Someday they might buy your software because you've become friends. So you can send them a simple DM as friends versus a pitch slap, right? So it's like the we all have long careers ahead of ourselves. Just celebrate those around you, especially if you think they're brilliant. Yeah, I totally agree. I love that. 
That's a fantastic note to end on. Thank you all so much. Looking forward to connecting with you all and thanks for showing up. Bye.